0: Both of them, your your uh, first missionary journey map and the second and third journey map, and let's do a little backtracking, and we'll go to Acts 17, and uh, we'll we'll see what we can find. Acts 17. Let's look at verses 13 and 15, kind of to set the stage. <coughs> where we are. Acts 17 verses 13 through 15. Everybody with me?
1: Well
0: when the Jews of Thessalonica found out that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul in Berea also, they came there as well agitating and stirring up the crowds. So immediately the brethren sent Paul out to go as far as to sea. Silas and Timothy remained there. Now those who escorted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and he received the command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, and they left. Then we had Paul in Athens, and then in chapter 18 we looked at last week, we'll do a little quick review here, 18, chapter 1, chapter 18, verse 1. After these things, he left Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, having recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudia had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome, and he came to them. And because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them, and they were working for by trade, they were tent makers. And he was reasoning in the Sabbath every excuse me in the synagogue every Sabbath and trying to persuade Jews and Greeks we talked about this last week we don't know how um, Paul met them maybe in the marketplace we don't know if they were believers then or if Paul led them to faith but they were very important in his ministry going forward and I told you that this sent Instance, they call Aquila and Priscilla, but every other time we get them in scripture, it's Priscilla and Aquila. That's just Bill. Okay. Now, <clears throat> verse 5. Verse 5. But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul began devoting himself completely to the word, solemnly testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. We also told you this last week that Paul had been in Philippi. You remember the Philippian jailer. We're going to say a little bit about that in a a minute. And most scholars say that the scripture tells us that in Philippians, he complimented them. He says, while I was at Thessalonica, you sent offering for me. He said, more than one time. So most scholars say that, that Priscilla and Aquila and Paul... Worked for their livelihood. But when he got gifts from Philippi. Verse 5 kicked in. That he devoted himself completely to the word. Verse 6. But when they resisted and blasphemed. He shook out his garments and said to them. Your blood be on your heads. I'm clean from now on I'm going to the Gentiles. So he went to the synagogue. He did, that was his M.O. He did, he went there. And in this particular case they resisted him and he says I'm going to the Gentiles. Now some people have taken this statement to mean that he was leaving the Jews entirely and going to the Gentiles. What scripture says in context we need to remember that in Corinth this was the case. He says I'm not going to fool with the Synagogue anymore in Corinth but I am going to the Gentiles and he, he says I'm going to shake the dust off of, off of my, my feet and we'll go from there hold your finger at Acts 18 and go to Luke chapter 10 now as Art mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about maybe going to Ecclesiastes the, the preacher says there's nothing new under the sun. And, and we kind of know that to be true. But in Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 8, if your Bible's like mine, it's in red. And this is Jesus speaking. Verse 8, chapter 10 of Luke. Wherever city you enter and receive, you eat what is set before you. Heal those in who are sick, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. But whatever city, city you enter, they do not receive you. Go out into his, the streets and say, even the dust of your city which clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet to be sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I say to you, it's be more tolerable in the day for Sodom than for this city. So Jesus used this, this metaphor too as we're going back to, to Acts 18 now that, that, that Paul used here in verse 6. He says, I'm going to shake out my, my garments. You know, I'm, I'm through with you. Your blood is going to be on your heads. Verse 7. And he left there and went to the house of a man named Titus Justin. A worshiper of God, whose house was next door to the synagogue, so he didn't leave very far. He went. He went from the synagogue to Titus Justus' house, uh, who loved the Lord, and he was there. And we know a little bit more in verse eight. Cryptus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord. All he and all his househo- household, many of the Corinthians. Uh, when they had heard, believed, and being baptized, were being baptized. So, Paul was effective when he went to the synagogue. Number one, the leader of the synagogue, he led the faith. And when he left the synagogue, uh, Titus Justice said, Come to my house, and we'll just have church there. So he went next door. So, and many people followed him. And we'll see a little bit more about that. So his, his work was really, really faithful. Now, I want you to do a little walking with me. Turn back to Acts chapter 14. And we'll, we'll do a little walking through here um, and see, see something. Acts chapter 14 let's look at verse 1 and now in Iconium they entered the synagogue of the Jews together and spoke in such manner that a large number of people believed both Jews and Greeks. Look down at verse 5 and when an attempt was made by the Gentiles and the Jews with their leaders to mistreat and to stone them they became aware of this and fled to uh, Lysonia Lystra and Derby. look down at verse 19 of chapter 14 but the Jews came from Antioch now this is Antioch of Pisidia not Antioch of Assyria which is the home base for the Christian movement remember they were first called Christians at Antioch Antioch of Assyria this is Antioch of Pisidia okay when the Jews, verse 19, had come from Antioch and Iconium, having won over the crowd, they stoned Paul, dragged him out of the city, supposing to be dead. Okay. Look at verse chapter 16, verses 22 and 24. Verses chapter 16, 22. And a crow and a crow Excuse me, a crowd rose up against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. And when they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to guard them security. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Chapter 17, verse 5. But the Jews became jealous, and taking some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob, and set the city in a uproar, attacking the house of Jason. They were seeking to bring him out to the people. And Jason became the scapegoat in this particular case. They, They beat him. Verse 13 of chapter 17. And when the Jews of Thessalonica found out the Word of God was being proclaimed by Paul in Berea, also they came there as well, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Okay, back to Acts 18. Is there any wonder? Paul is gone to a new city, he's just begun preaching and he's just had some success and what do we know about the devil the evil one every time God starts to move what happens he does too. the devil starts to move too so Paul of necessity was, was fearful well here we go again but hold your finger there and go to Acts chapter 9 and this is the Lord speaking Acts chapter 9 this is his call from Damascus Acts chapter 9 when, when he saw the vision there look at verse 15 of Acts chapter 9 but the Lord said to him go for he is a chosen instrument of mine To bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the sons of Israel. Verse 16. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my sake. The Lord told Paul at his conversion. I want you. But you're going to suffer because of me. You're going to suffer because of me all that backdrop the Lord knows us he's concerned about our Monday mornings he's concerned about when the dishwasher doesn't work he's concerned when the sewer's stopped up our car doesn't run he knows where we are and in verse 9 the Lord said to Paul by night in a vision Do not be afraid any longer, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you, and no man will attack you in order to harm you, for I had many people in this city. That was good news. That was good news. The Lord himself came to to Paul and he said, keep on keeping on. You keep preaching. I've got many people in this city and they're not going to hurt you. They're not going to hurt you. Okay. Verse 11. And he settled there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. We, at this point, this is the longest time he stayed anywhere at, to, to this point. And why was he? He was free to teach and to preach because the Lord had his back. <clears throat> to use a football metaphor <clears throat> you hear the announcers say that the quarterback is in the pocket that means his offensive line is doing the job the Lord had Paul in his pocket he was, he was working in his behalf he was there a year and a half now the scholars who who teach in and all this stuff says that it was probably in Corinth during that year and a half that he wrote the, book, the books of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians which most everybody believes were the first books that were written by Paul and so in this year and a half he had freedom to teach, freedom to be himself, freedom for the Lord to work And so he wrote these these two books. Now one of the reasons he was free to write was that the civil authorities, now we talked last week about secular history and Bible history. We've talked before about the Jewish authority and about the Roman authority. The Roman was the civil authority of the day, and yet, they had their own laws and if you were in Jerusalem they had their own guards and temple guards at the temple in Jerusalem. So we had a a duality here. We had what the Jews were talking about their law and what the Romans were talking about as being their law the civil law. So let's continue reading here in verse 12. But while Gallio was pro-council which that's a Fancy word for governor, he was governor of Achaia. Now look at your look at your map. You, know, you can look at the either one of them, but Paul's second missionary German journey. The the yellow over here, we have Greece, and above or right below Greece, we have Achaia. So this guy had the civil authority for all this area here uh, in. In, in, um, in Greece which was under the Rome authority of the day and so he says uh, this, this is I have this okay but while Galio was governor of Achaia the Jews with one accord rose up against Paul and brought him before the judgment seat Uh, The judgment seat was a place where they did court. I'll say more about that in a minute. That's where they did court. They brought him to the judgment seat. Verse 13. This man persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. Now, there's two laws here involved. Uh, what, What the Jews were talking about contrary to our law. But what the Romans had He says that the the Jews were legitimate and their law was okay to practice in the Roman province. And remember, even our laws today are somewhat loosely based on what the Jews did and what the Romans did after them. Namely, the the thing of precedent. Well, if this judge called this precedent... That was good enough, and that happens today, and it happened here, and we'll see that in just a minute. So, in verse verse thirteen, this man persa- persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. But when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, "If it were a matter of wrong or a, vi- a vicious crime, O Jews, it would be reasonable for me to put up with you." But if there's a question about the words and names of your own law, look after it to yourself. I'm unwilling to judge these matters. And he drove them from the judgment seat. What did this governor just do? He set a precedent. He says Christians can do what they need to do. And throughout the Roman Empire from then on, the Christians were allowed from the Romans' point of view to practice their faith in Jesus the living Lord. And it's very interesting here to me. In verse 16, they drove them away from the judgment seat. Now, archeology span digs through the history have found a lot of things and they go back to scripture and it says <laughs> well scripture said that's the way it's going to be they the archaeologists have found the judgment seat in in, uh, in uh, uh, Corinth it was just a pile of bricks but anyway they think that's the judgment seat where they came and had court uh, so that, that's that That's neither here nor there but look at verse 17 And they took hold of Sosthenes, the leader of the synagogue, and began beating him in front of the judgment seat. But Galion was not concerned with any of these things. So the crowd, we assume that Sosthenes worked up the crowd to take him to the, the governor and says, let's do something about this guy Paul. And when the governor said, I'm not having anything to do with that. y'all deal with it yourself. What did the mob do? They turned on him and started beating beating him. Now hold your finger there and go to 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. chapter 1 1st Corinthians 1 you with me? okay Paul called an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Sothenes our brother what a way to come to faith get the car beat out of you (laughs) (laughs) but evidently he said you know these Christians treat me a whole lot better than this bunch of Jews I believe what they're saying folks you can take it to the bank anytime there's violence and it's named Christian there's no Christian to it This is why this group out in Kansas at Westboro Baptist Church just send me the creeps. They're not they're not they don't believe in the faith that I know and they don't believe in the Jesus that I know. Because what did Jesus Himself say? He says they'll know you're Christians how you love one another. How you love one another. It's how you love one another that they'll know you're a Christian. Okay. Verse 18. Paul having remained there many days longer which is the year and a half that they told us back in verse 11. <clears throat> they took leave of the brethren and put out the sea And with him were Priscilla and Aquila. And he went to this little city. You can see it on your map, right south of Corinth. Uh, And and that brings up a point. And he had his hair cut because he was keeping a vow. Now, I don't know how far I get, but anyway. Hold your finger there and go to uh, Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the fourth uh, book in, and go to chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. You with me? Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When a man or a woman makes a special vow, the vow of a a Nazarite, to dedicate himself to the Lord, he shall abstain from wine, strong drink, he shall no longer drink, excuse me, he shall drink no vinegar, whether it's made from wine or strong drink, he shall not drink any grape juice or eat fresh or dried grapes, all the days of his separation he will not eat anything that is produced in the great not even the seeds even to the skin. All his days of the vow he will be separated and no razor shall be upon on his head. Only he be holy uh, until the Lord are fulfilled with his separation to the Lord. Let his locks grow on his head uh, and his head grow long, his hair grow long, excuse me. Um, verse 11 uh, the priest shall offer one a sin offering and the other a burnt offering and make atonement for him Um, and uh, verse 12 he shall dedicate to the Lord these days a Nazarite he bring a a male lamb a year old etc etc most scholars said we don't know why and scripture says that they can do it for any reason. Stedman says that that it was a thing of thanksgiving. A thing of thanksgiving. Art's going to read a little thing from Chuck Swindoll about this. Uh, read it,
1: baby. He left the busy metropolis of Corinth for Centria, the seaport for eastbound travelers located just seven miles southeast. Aquila and Priscilla... Paul's loyal new friends accompanied him, although the reason is unclear. It appears they planned to relocate to Ephesus, either for personal reasons or as part of Paul's ultimate plan to penetrate the province of Asia with the gospel. Luke's reference to Paul's haircut indicates that he had taken a Nazarite vow. By this special vow, a Jewish man or woman pledged him or herself to the Lord's exclusive use to accomplish a specific objective. During this time, the individual agreed to abstain from any product of the vine, wine, strong drink, grapes, raisins, juice, to avoid contact with the dead and to allow his or her hair to go uncut. When Jews saw a fellow Jew with long hair, especially a man, they immediately recognized the sign of taking a vow. According to the custom, Paul was to deliver a special sacrifice to the temple upon conclusion of his vow. As an animal was burned on the altar in this elaborate ritual, he was to present his cut hair to the priest who would burn it on the altar as a peace offering.
0: Okay. GotQuestions.org, which is a website that I I appreciate and know and trust. I I printed out a few copies of What is a Nazarite Vow? So if you want to read more about this, it's up here. You're welcome to it verse 19 now they came to Ephesus and they left him there left who there? they left <laughs> Priscilla and Aquila there and he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews when they asked him to stay longer he did not consent but taking leave of them saying I will return to you again if God wills he set sail from Ephesus so if you look at your little, your little map here on the second missionary journey, you see the red line. He left Ephesus by sea, and he goes all the way to Caesarea, which we've talked about many times in the little green part over there. So <clears throat> verse 21 again, taking leave of them, he said, I will return again if God wills. He said, sail from Ephesus and when he landed in Caesarea he went up and greeted the church and went down to Antioch now we see this went up and went down a lot in, in scripture now <clears throat> if I was still in Louisiana at home I, I would say that I was going up to South Carolina does that make sense? <laughs> Martha went down To South Carolina this last time. Is that, does that, I mean, we go up, we go down, we go east, we go west. We don't ever think about the topographical part of the show. You know, we might change elevations, but we don't ever talk. But these people did. Jerusalem was on a hill, it was on a mountain. And when they talked about going up, they were to going up to Jerusalem. So that's what happened here in verse, in verse um, 22 he went up and greeted the church also scholars says that when he was up there he went to the temple and what did he do in the temple? what Numbers told him to do he gave the priest his hair he made a sacrifice and he completed his vow as a Nazarite when he left Jerusalem he went down, down off the mountain to Antioch, which was the seat. Now if you look on the map, I would say he went up to Antioch. But that's not what, that's not what Luke said. He said he went down to Antioch. So anyway, he went back to where the people sent him out The the, the beginning of that, um, that journey. And with that, we conclude the second missionary journey, and I've got to quit. So we'll pick up here next week, and we'll say a little bit about the third missionary journey, and we'll talk about Apollos, uh, which is a very, very, very interesting uh, study, and we'll we'll see what we can find there. All's well? All's well. Father, we thank you for these sweet people, their love for you, and their love for each other than we ask that you'd be with us as we go from this place. When we get home and reflect on what we've had today, we can say it was good to be in God's house. Bless us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Part. next week. Oh. Yeah. Thank-